Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branville, and our new co-host, Jay Gilbert. Second week on the job. <laughs> How you doing, Jay? Great, thank you. It's always a, it's always a pleasure to chat with you about uh, about music. Same here. Um, so we we've sort of been on a little um, trend about talking about streaming playlists. We, we had an episode last week that talked about why they're important, why it should be part of your digital strategy, and right. and even talking about, um, you know, how to and, – and actually that brings up a good point, how to get added to these playlists. So I've had a few, few listeners um, post questions to me of, well, tell me exactly how do I contact the user of that playlist because I can't figure out how to send them a message. So um, real quick – I'll, I'll make a separate blog post on this, but there's potentially easy and difficult ways to do this. It's not like Facebook where there's just a ability to send a message to somebody on Spotify. Right. If you are <clears throat> friends, Spotify, you follow them and they follow you, when you find a track that you want to share... Instead of sharing it to your social media, you can <coughs> share it as a message. You can send it to somebody. And when you click the Send To button, it pops up a little message window, and you can type in the name. Um, Jay Gilbert, I want to send you this track, and here's my message. Boom. That's only if you two are friends with each other. You can't send a track to somebody who is not friends with you. Right. If they're not friends with you, which which first of all means follow them, maybe they will follow you back. A lot of people do the common courtesy of, if you're going to follow me, I'll follow you back. If they don't follow you back, then it becomes difficult. Now you got to sort of take that user's name and maybe do a little detective work. Yeah. And that means jumping onto Google. Facebook, typing the name and seeing what shows up. Hopefully, right, their typing name, that username. Hopefully, it's not <laughs> yeah. something as generic as John Smith. But if it's yeah. a unique name, you look at the music that they like, look at what pops up in some search results. You can sort of start putting two and yeah. two together and go, I think this is the user. And then maybe you can message them through Facebook. Or maybe you find their website. Sure. Um, so or LinkedIn or, or LinkedIn wherever. or something. Yeah. So it might take a little detective work for you to find who that person is. So there you go. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the, the, the two ways to find somebody and message them. Yeah. And you know, they're, they have a social footprint. They're, they're like you or me. And, um, I found that the few that I've reached out to have been very cool. You know, they're just, you know, a lot of them are just music fans who weren't looking for any kind of, you know, notoriety or compensation or anything. They just started doing something that they love. Right. Uh, just like you and I have. They make a playlist of music that they're passionate about. And some of them have really connected, as you know, in a big way. Some yep. of these playlists have not just thousands or hundreds of thousands. Some of them are in the millions of people who follow them. And, and and we're only talking Spotify here, but obviously all these other services have playlists. Go in there and see how uh, how does it work on Deezer, on RDO? How do you message somebody? How do you contact somebody? You know, just you're going to have to do a little legwork. Again, it's not as easy as them just saying, here's my email address, contact me. 
That's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sticking to the topic of streaming, um, there was an interesting article that popped up in Hypebot over the last week. And it's sort of sort of piggy tails on what we were getting into in our last episode. And it and it's an article, it's a guest post by Courtney Harding, and it's yeah. called Are There Any Rules When It Comes to Playlists? And it's not so much an article that talks about do's, don'ts, how-tos, and stuff like that. It's an article that starts posing a lot of interesting questions. And these were questions you and I have actually offline had been asking, discussing between ourselves. So it seems yeah. like, all right, this is starting to really bubble up. But, you know, it's yeah. on our radar. It's now on Hypebot's radar. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could kind of chat about a couple of the things that she brought up here. Um, what really hit me, and maybe there's a couple more you want to hit on, but was copywriting playlists and payola. Yeah. There's that word again, payola. I mean, uh -huh. is that ever going to disappear when it comes to the music business? Well, you Probably know, not. <laughs> you you and I have, have been discussing this, and, and I've been discussing it with friends of mine within the business, and it's kind of starting to rear its ugly head because as far as we know, there isn't really a, a code of conduct. So some of these questions um, we may not be able to answer today, but I think it's important to bring them up and be aware of them. Um, I think that streaming is only going to get bigger. Um, some people equate it to you know the new radio, and I don't think it's quite there yet, but it's it's definitely growing. And, you know, if you can't pay me to, if I work for a radio station and if it's illegal for you to pay me to play your music. To, 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 to get your song added to the playlist. Yeah. Because radio stations are nothing more than playlists. Yeah. You're, you're paying to get a song. You're getting a song added to the playlist of the radio station for this week and next week and next week. Yeah. So there's that, a lot of similarities. There's a, there, there's a lot of similarities. And I, I, I think what probably is really interesting here is when these streaming services started, I, I'm betting that a lot of the people were not deeply involved and rooted in the music industry historically. It's a yeah, lot of engineers imagine. who had great ideas and passion for music. Yeah. And, and therefore, yeah. they didn't launch the service going, all right, how do we combat payola from day one? Yeah, I don't think they, they, they thought they, they that They probably didn't ahead. even think it would get to that point. It's probably, yeah. I, I don't know because I haven't dug into Spotify's terms of use, but Spotify, RDO, Deezer, they've all got terms of use that you agree to when you sign up and use their service. Is there something in there that says you cannot accept payment to add songs to your playlist? Probably not. Um, could that change? Sure. I mean, God knows we know these terms of use documents change all they're, the time. Very dynamic. And yep. no, no, but and listen, I'll raise my hand. I don't read them. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, 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 don't, I don't read them either. I'm, I'm looking. I wait. I wait for for Heightbot or Digital Music News to drop an article that says, well, we actually dissected the terms of use document. And my God, you'd be, in, you'd be floored to see what's in here. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of these items like copywriting payola probably were never even considered, thought about, 
on their radar when they launched and wrote this. Right. Stuff. And think about if you're one of these companies when they launched, they launched with very small staffs. Um, so they didn't have all of the curators that they have today. Like Apple Music has a lot of curators, people who make playlists. Spotify has a lot of people whose job it is to create meaningful, compelling playlists. But when they first started out, uh, they had they had some people who did that, but the staffs were a lot smaller. You know, the dollars were a lot smaller. Now that this is becoming a real business and they're growing, and the numbers are more substantial, it's it's become a real the, business. The, the second a person becomes an influencer, and I kind of hate using that that catchy marketing term, but that's what it is. The second you as a fan, just because of your passion, built up a following and a great playlist, you become an influencer. You may not like realize you may yeah. not realize it, but you hit some tipping point and somebody else in the business recognizes it and says, boy, I want you to talk about, this is no different from a blogger or a reviewer or anything like that. I want yeah. you to talk about my artist because you talking about it will potentially influence somebody else. So is it, is, is, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it proper to have an influencer on a streaming service get paid to put a song in their playlist. And, you know, if, as we debate that, you know, there's also this transparency question, you know, is, if you're going to take money, uh, whether it's in print media, whether you're in, in radio, whether, whatever it is, I think there's something to be said for saying, oh, I, I you know, take well, money for yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, a, a blogger needs, needs to reveal that. If you're going to write an article about a product, I see this all the time. I, I follow Guy Kawasaki all the time. Me too. And, yeah. you know, he, he's a guy who's, who's um, involved in a lot of startups and a lot of companies. So a lot of times he'll write an article that's very favorable about a very cool company, but he v initially discloses right up front, I want you to know I'm an investor in this company. Yeah, Canva yep. you know, is, is one of them that I really like that he's done. And you're absolutely right. I, when he started raving about that company, he said in the post, I'm you know, an investor, I'm, I'm part of this company. And I think there's some dignity to that. And uh, I think that if you're- Clearly it's the ethical thing to do. I agree. Legally, right, or w whether you legally yeah. have to is not the issue. Ethically, I think you need to divulge that. M personally, me, it's because your reputation is on the line. And, and if you built up trust with your audience that the music you're presenting in your playlist is truly good and you love it, and the word gets out that, gee, for the last two months you've been putting music in there that you've never even listened to, what does that do to you personally, your personal reputation? Yeah. So divulging it sort of keeps that reputation intact. But how do you do, how do you do that? There's no way to, to, to note that on a playlist. You can't say uh, this playlist uh, contains the following tracks that I have been paid to insert. There's yeah. There's there's, there's, there's no, no there's no descriptions. There's no. There's no footnotes. Other than the title, you know, uh, you know, exactly. the title of the playlist, but you're not going to make that long and unwieldy. And, you know, they could make um, some kind of designation uh, for playlists that, um, and maybe someday there will, you know, there will be a, a designation in the playlist 
whether it's highlighted the tracks that were paid to be in right. uh, those playlists. Um, I'm not sure where this is going to go. Maybe um, it'll have to have a designation, like a, a certain icon by the playlist that lets people know that this particular playlist has either been sponsored. But, but, but even if that's the case, you're counting on the playlist owner to market as such. Mm-hmm. How is, and again, I'm, we're not saying Spotify is guilty of this. This is just our go-to example. Exactly. How is Spotify to know that when you added that new song to your playlist, it was actually you were actually paid to add it. They don't know that, so There's they're going. No they, they could. They they are, and if they put a system in place that allows you to mark that, they're counting on you to mark that. And and I'm sorry, but the second you put humans in the stream here, it's gonna fail. Sure, sure. There's Especially going to there's, there's, there's gonna money involved. if yeah. there's money. And it's going to count on humans to to interact and make that decision. Um, maybe ninety percent of the people are going to be upfront and honest, but we all know at some point somebody's going to go, "Who's going to catch me on? What are they going to do? Yeah. What are you going exactly. to do to me?" Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, if they keep it, you know, if they keep that genre or that um, that playlist to where those songs fit. Um, now I'm not talking like if you have an EDM playlist, you're not going to put in a country song, um, no matter how large the numbers of the playlist. My gut tells me that if you have a genre playlist um, and you're adding tracks that actually fit that playlist, regardless of whether someone paid you for it or uh, traded you something for it or you stood to benefit somehow uh, from doing that, um, I think it would be next to impossible to even know uh, as long as they kind of fit the mold, you know what I mean. I, I, I agree. I think if you've if you've created a, a great playlist, you've become known for what you are uh, an influencer of. Your audience has grown trust in you, and and you don't abuse that, which is what you just described. Don't abuse it. Don't start a rock playlist and add a, an EDM tune into it. I think you're going to be fine. But again, inevitably, there's going to be somebody who sits here and goes, come on, I don't care. You've got 2 million people following this playlist. I got this, this country song really does sound a lot like a rock track. Come on, <laughs> put it in there. Put yeah. this new Luke Bryan track into your rock playlist. You know, okay, I'll pay you double. I can see you're scratching your head. It's worth it to me to get it in front of two million people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I I think you're going to see things, more stuff starting to percolate, like this HypeBot article. People are going to be asking questions. People might actually start revealing what they have found. Yeah. Um, what, what could the streaming services do? I, I, I sort of feel like the first line of defense is we're changing the terms of use you know going way back to the very beginning with twitter um you can't sell your twitter id because initially people wanted to do that hey i got five hundred thousand twitter followers i'll sell you my account sure no check check the terms of use it you're not permitted to do that so it could be as simple as spotify saying you're not permitted to accept 
money in exchange for adding music. Right. You're not right. permitted. You're not permitted to sell your playlist. You're not right. permitted to sell your user account. Um, but as you know, there's but a how lot do of they things. know that happens? Exactly. There's a lot of things we're not permitted to do, whether it's speeding on the freeway or, yep. you know, the how how do you police that? Um, I can see, you know. Changing the terms of service and calling some of these questions uh, to light, um, but I think that's a difficult part. And what I like about the Hypebot piece is it brought to light questions that haven't really been raised in a public forum uh, yet, and they're very important questions. Is this whole playlisting thing going to become the new? Payola, is this playlisting thing going to be regulated? Um, Does the government get involved? I mean, we know the government got involved with payola and radio. Yeah. Does the government I, sit here and go, all right, we now have to look at payola, not just in the radio world, but users doing it. It's one thing when you can go after um, a small handful yeah. of radio stations, but now there's 20, 30, 40, 100 million individual users. How could you possibly police that yeah yeah i uh, that's a it's a really good question and i think that it's very difficult for streaming services that allow user-generated content user-generated playlists um let's say that they did have a way where they could determine um if that playlist was sold and being used on somebody else's ip address or that it was being logged in from in multiple territories at the same time or there was some kind of um, payment going on even if they could do that and that's a stretch let's say this is one of their top playlists are they going to cut off their nose to spite their face are they going to make an ethical stand and say we're going to we're going to kill that playlist um, that would be cutting off something that their users you? Or, or, or here, let's go to a far extreme opportunity. What if, what if the streaming services say, you know what, this is not legal. Our lawyers have, sh have shown us that it's not illegal to accept money. Therefore, we're going to build a system where we actually take a cut. We put a revenue model on top of this for the users. So do you want to have somebody come in here and say, I'll pay you to put this in? Click the pay me button on your profile page on this streaming site and um, you can charge whatever you want and we take 5%. Yeah. And, and the other thing that pops into my head is if I was working at one of these streaming services and I wanted to keep it legit and I learned of some of this happening, what is to prevent me from taking over that playlist, you know, basically a copy-paste job, putting it, you know, now it's my playlist. And well, well that, that sort of leads to the, ne the next topic that was brought up here, um, which really was an interesting head-scratcher, copywriting. I mean, we, we all understand copywriting your songs, copywriting your book, copywriting your creative effort, something that you created from nothing. But mm -hmm. they're talking about, can you copyright a playlist? And there are people who think you can. I mean, you read in the article the, the Ministry of Sound didn't like the tune stack. They didn't like having basically a compilation of their best tracks in a playlist because they felt like it would cannibalize the sales of their 
their albums that have basically the same thing. And they successfully lobbied to have those removed. But was that a copyright issue or an artist relations issue? To me, that feels much more like an artist relations issue. It's like, if you want to keep our entire catalog of music on your service, let's work on this together. So don't do this. Because otherwise, they could easily just pull their, their music off of the service. And there you sure. go. Your playlists disappear. Um, copywriting, basically the order of some individual songs being put together. That you didn't create. That, you know, that... It's, a, it's an if, interesting if, question. If, if, I, I if, be... if I take a playlist that I like on Apple Music and recreate uh-huh. it on Spotify, am I breaking Apple's copyright of that playlist because some individual created that? I think it would take somebody with a little bit more legal background than you and I have, and I definitely think we'll dig into that yeah. and, find, and ask some of these questions of people who know the space. There may be some gray area there, but I can tell you, putting legal aside, if I had a playlist and somebody copied it, uh, and let's say that playlist was generating a, a lot of interest and a lot of uh, listens, and somebody just simply copied it and took it to a competing service, um, I would be upset about that. I, w- I would definitely be upset. Um, I don't know if I would have legal... Yeah, I don't know how much muscle you have to do anything about it. Ethically, um, it doesn't sound right. And if it was a Spotify playlist and somebody took it over to one of their competitors, Spotify might have some recourse to uh, address that. I'm not sure. And and but- And... and, and- Maybe I mean, if you change one song in that playlist, does now that make it okay, right. or or do you legally have to change twenty five percent of it before it becomes its own work? Right. Um, it becomes really interesting, you know. And part of what I when I started thinking about that is, well, maybe what you want to do is actually build a brand, create a brand for your playlists. Um, so they. They might steal the music, but your brand has become bigger than the songs in your playlist. If yeah. that if that makes sense. So, so you know, I, I've 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 registered and copywritten. You know, the various the Music Biz Weekly is is being copywritten. What if the Music Biz Weekly became known for its series of great playlists? Music Biz Weekly, Rock is Not Dead playlist. Yeah. The Music Biz Weekly, Indie Rocks, great pop tracks, all of it Music Biz Weekly, to the point where the reputation of the of the the creator is almost bigger than the content itself. People are now following you because they trust what you're putting into it. Yeah, yeah I could go find those same songs somewhere else, but your brand is is really strong. Yeah, and and you're constantly marketing, and and this is sort of what I'm I'm getting towards is maybe you need to start creating a brand around all the playlists you're creating. Yeah, you know, and I think you look yeah, you, you, think... you you look you look at what Apple Music is doing, and they're doing some interesting things. Um, what what do they call it behind the dials or whatever? Where they they you know are they trademarking the concept of we're creating playlists about producers, and this is what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the music, it's 
I see another one called Behind the Dials or whatever they call it. I can't remember. I should go look it up real quick. Yeah. You know, Bob Ezra and Tom Warman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really cool concepts. Um, I pay attention now because when the next one pops up, it's like, oh, I, I get what that playlist concept is. They've yeah. created a brand. They've created a reputation for their playlist. Not so right. much the songs. Maybe you as a playlist creator need to start thinking in, in those terms of don't just willy-nilly create Mike's rock playlist. Yeah. Not Don't create 1970s cool rock. Think about the name you're going to put onto that playlist. And if you're going to create multiple playlists, can you, Be consistent. Ex can you consistently yeah. extend your brand, your reputation across all of these so you become bigger? And, That's a good and, point. And, and, then, and then can you actually extend it, you know, as a marketing person, take it outside of the streaming services? Do you start a website called Mike's Rock Is Not Dead Playlist.com? Mm -hmm. And now when you're there on that, now you can start adding copy and descriptions and you can add your show notes, your playlist notes, and you get Google SEO search strength and all this other stuff that doesn't necessarily come if you just keep it within the playlist world. Now people can start sharing your website. Do you build up a product, a company almost behind your yeah. playlist? Now it becomes more challenging for somebody to step in and just steal yeah. the track order because you are already heads and tails above just the track order. Right. And I feel like Apple has started down that path yeah. with even their basic playlist, like intro to, Yep. they have a whole series. Of, I've seen dozens, if not hundreds of these playlists, intro to, you know, Rush, intro to Cheap Trick, whatever it is. And you kind of, it's that in itself is kind of a, a branding exercise. And to your point, whether it's behind the dials or whatever the, you know, they're actually calling it, I love those producer based, um, you know, playlists, but they're doing more and more and they're being very consistent. Um, and I think that's also a good way of kind of, uh, quote unquote, branding um, your, your playlist. I like your, your idea of making it bigger than just a playlist, whether it's through your, your website or socials or however you, you choose to do that. I think that helps to brand, especially for someone like you who has a business, it will help you, you know, brand your, your business. Um, but I think playlists going forward are, are going to be, there's, there's some levels of complexity there. For example, uh, my brother has a bar, and he pays to, you know, the right societies, the ASCAP, BMI, CSACs of the world, so he can play his Spotify playlists there in in the bar. He's spent years putting together these playlists that are perfect for his business. Um, can he sell those? Can he brand those as this is the feedback lounge? you know playlist if you've got and, a if you've got a bar in another city that is of this same style as this one you should you should lease my playlist yeah and what and who gets to contribute or gets a contribution from that financially well you uh, know and and this you know as i'm saying that i'm like gee that becomes a playlist consultant isn't that very much like a radio consultant let's get all and that circles all the way back to Payola, once you've become 
establish that you have a great business of consulting bars on playlists, who's going to come knocking on your door and say, please put my artist into one of your playlists. I'll pay you. Yeah, it's it's the exact same thing. It's plausible deniability for those who are, you know, the rights holders who are paying to get their They're paying uh, a promoter. They don't know what the promoter does. It's there's that separation, just like with the payola thing. Um, I don't know where that money went. I paid this guy uh, because he has relationships, and what he does with that money, that's his business, you know. And I think that we could go down that slippery slope with playlists. And my gut tells me that we need to have some sort of regulation involved, whether people follow it or not. I do think there needs to be. You can call it a code of conduct. You can call it guidelines, whatever. We don't really have that yet other than what you mentioned earlier, possibly in the terms of service, which we'll dig into a little bit deeper. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think what, what we're finding here is playlists a few years ago started out as it was just a fun way for you to create music you like to listen to and share it with your friends. It's evolved into a business playlists have become a business and are going to become bigger right and, and, and bigger, influential and bigger right? and more influential and when that happens um, you need to put you need to start asking questions like this like Courtney Harding is in this hypebot article of what what's going to happen you know and 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 we're not implying at all that the system's broken that that people are being taken advantage of it's just it's a very fast growing brand new business streaming yeah. and um, these are questions that need to be asked because at some point in time if 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 the industry isn't asking at some point a law enforcement agency is going to be asking mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> the government will ask yeah. you know do and, you and do I- you want to not do anything until you get the knock on the door from the Department of Justice saying hey, um, we've been investigating this for the last three years, and guess what? You're in deep trouble. Yeah, it's important now because I have friends that, you know, at record companies who who will tell me that when they go to a radio station and say, you know, we need you to add this track, we feel that you know it it fits your format, it it hits your demographic, it it's going to be a big smash hit. We'd like you to add this track. They're typical things that a radio station wants for research. They'll do their own research, you know, to listeners' habits. But, you know, in the last few years, it's, they've looked at social imprints, you know, like uh, how, how, is this, uh, how is this artist, you know, do they have their own, you know, base and is right. that base large enough? But now playlists have been added. And so uh, this friend that I was referring to said that when they have these meetings, one of the first questions now is, how many spins are you getting? You know, how many streaming spins are you getting? Um, and so, if still terrestrial radio is uh, the, a juggernaut, it's still the main way most people discover music. Um, and if that is the question that's asked, uh, I think that's that's very important for keeping these streaming numbers uh, to be legit. Yeah, it, it it will be very interesting to see how this evolves because now we're we we're we are talking about a business that is not centered around businesses doing it, meaning 
radio stations playing music, there's an you know, a few thousand radio stations. Okay, that's manageable. Now we are talking about a business that sits in the hands of hundreds of millions of individual users. <laughs> some of them who will yeah. have a good conscience and follow the rules, mm -hmm. and some of them who are going to say, what are you going to do? Do you, I really think the FBI is going to come knock on my door because I took $50 to add a song to a playlist? Please. Yeah, I just don't see a way currently to uh, police people being ethical like that. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's it, it's almost like going back to the Napster days of let's sue everybody who downloaded a Metallica song. Right. Let's let's arrest everybody who took money to add, took something in exchange for adding a song to a playlist. Mm -hmm. That's not the way to do it. Going, I think it's been proven. Going after the end users does not solve the problem. It's too no, big. It makes it worse, and it makes it a lot worse when some mother's Spotify account gets sued because her daughter was doing something and mom had no idea. Please, it's yeah. it's it's going to be a very interesting can of worms. Um, good questions are being asked. That, yeah, that that's that's what I I like is like, okay, this is like I said, an evolving business. Playlists are business now. Yeah, no one's really considered at least publicly these these questions. And um, I know within the industry, you and I have talked about some of these questions. But this this hype bot piece was really the first one that I've read um, that raised a hand and said, look, I don't know the answers, but these are important questions to ask. And I think as we move forward, uh, we should dig in with people who have an expertise, you know, on the legal side and reach out to these DSPs, you know, like the Spotify's of the world. And again, like you said earlier, we're not picking on them. They're just the largest and we're using them for example. Um, but it, it could be any of these playlists that allow user-generated playlists. And, and you know, let's, let's end it on this. What happens when you've got a Spotify playlist that you allow users to contribute to and it's your playlist but some yeah. user took some money to add a song into your playlist are yeah. you responsible i yeah, mean it, it, it really starts you know it just asks more and more questions it, it really does but it's a great topic it, it, it'll it will be interesting to see how this evolves um i love i love the topic of streaming services and you know you do as well so we'll yeah. we'll stay on top of this um to be know, continued to to be continued if you guys have thoughts on on copywriting playlists or to accept accepting something in return for adding a song to a place whether you think it's right or wrong or you've done it or you know somebody who's done it chime love in. to hear Chime in. Yeah, and maybe there's some people with legal expertise. I know you and I know some folks, and we'll certainly reach out to them. But if any of your listeners are experts in copyright law, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yep. Yeah, please do. Please do. Just leave a comment, um, or if you don't want to make it public, you know, you can you can reach either of us on websites, on Twitter, whatever. Um, that's it. Just some questions. It's always fun to just talk about questions. Absolutely. All right, guys, until next week, Music Biz Weekly, we're out.